Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine, on sale now. From the dirt tracks across Australia, welcome to Inside Speedway with Dennis Newman and Craig Revell. Hello and welcome to Inside Speedway. What a week it has been in the sprint car ranks with Brock Hallett showing a fantastic last corner pass to take out the 50th running of the Grand Annual Classic at Warrnambool. And to grab it over Sheldon Horton Child in the final turn, it was a grandstand finish if ever there was one. And great to see last year's champion, Lockie McHugh, up on the podium as well. It was an amazing week of racing from Avalon to Mount Gambier for the King's Classic and then on to the three nights. Well, you could talk about it being two nights, I guess, with the rain forcing the Sunday evening, the Saturday evening racing to be moved to Sunday afternoon. But it was record-breaking in so many different ways. 8,000 lockout crowd at Premier Speedway. He's the 28th different winner and the seventh Australian driver to take the 50th Classic. And Brock Hallett will join us on the show. But we'll run through the final placings of the A main. Brock Hallett taking the win. Sheldon Horton Child second place. Lockie McHugh third. Jock Gooder, who had a good win up in Queensland leading into the week. He finished in fourth place. And James McFadden, who defended his King's Challenge, finishing in fifth place in that Hodges Motorsport entry. And we'll hear from the man who put together the Hodges Motorsport team a little bit later on in the show. Tate Frost, Corey Ellison from the United States, Kerry Madsen, Aaron Ritzel, he also one of the United States drivers, and then Jamie Veal rounding out the top 10. It was some great racing. It was an exciting finish, as I mentioned. And in just a moment, we'll hear from Brock Hallett. We're joined on this week's show by the winner of the 50th Grand Annual Classic at Warrnambool, and Brock Hallett, what has your week been like since taking that championship on Sunday night? Uh, yeah, it's, it's been obviously incredibly busy. Um, a lot of phone calls, a lot of um, media stuff, but um, yeah, loving it all. And um, yeah, really uh, still very well overwhelmed with everything that's gone on. It's um, definitely come to a big shock to the system. Can you sit us in the car? You're leading the race. Horton Child makes the move, gets in front of you. How many laps were you in the mindset of, I know I can do the outside pass if I have to? Yeah, I, I probably, um, once he got past me, I think there was about five or six to go, and I, I was really struggling trying to get through lap traffic, just couldn't get the cars cleared, and, and that, that's how he got underneath me. And then I sort of had a bit of a rethink, had a bit of a rethink, and then, um, yeah, obviously, probably my last two laps were my best, really. I sort of 
had a really good line, had a really good run, and, and his probably last two laps was his worst of the whole race. So he had a bit of a, um, I don't know whether he hooked a rod or had a bit of a moment coming out of two, and I had a really good run, and I, I was going where he wasn't into four, and he went to the bottom, so I, I was going to the top. And I honestly didn't think I was close enough to do it, but, uh, yeah, it turns out that I was close enough. It was a remarkable pass, and knowing the back markers were playing such a factor in the race, were you sort of heading down into one and just looking at where the back markers were to see if, as you said, if he goes low, you're high. If he goes high, you're going low no matter what. Were you looking at the back markers to try and get a read on where he might sit it on the track? Yeah, he had a, he was trying to pass one of the back markers and I, he would have known it was the last lap and you know, he probably thought he had it in the bag. He just had to sort of roll across the finish line. So he, he played it safe and, Obviously, went to the bottom, and I don't know whether the back marker balked him up a bit, but uh, I had a nice, clean track up the top and, and sort of gave it everything I had, and I, I wasn't sure whether it was going to pay off or I was going to end up in the fence. But uh, happy it did, and, and happy to win by, I think it was a car length in the end. But, uh, yeah, just to race with him for 40-odd laps and, and race clean and, and say we beat one of the best in the world. Your team is a, a team that has a lot of different interests, a lot of different fingers in the pie, but since you launched in August, it's just gone from strength to strength. Yeah, um, obviously we haven't been working very long together. Um, it, it has only been since August, so to pull off such a big win at an early stage is, um, you know, in pretty pretty incredible. And I'm really looking forward to see what the future with uh, GNW Racing brings. And um, yeah, I'm, like I said, just uh, overwhelmed by all the support and everyone getting behind me. It's been building quite well too, hasn't it? Because you went up to the Chariots of Thunder, took a win on one of the nights there and then getting wins up there at Archerfield and, and then just building a momentum right throughout the Classic Week. Yeah, we've been quite consistent this year. That's probably something uh, in the past that I've lacked is consistency. We'd, we'd have a couple of good nights and then a few bad nights. So um, we sort of set our goals on trying to uh, be consistent most nights and... and um, yeah, really have sort of achieved that. We, we ended up winning the Queensland New South Wales Speed Week Series just after Christmas and um, got second a couple of times up there and then had a pretty consistent uh, King's Challenge, which is the night before the uh, Classic and, and ran fourth. So to uh, be able to do that with the team is good for them. It's good for my confidence. And obviously with doing heaps of racing and, and trying to race as much as we can allows me to stay in the car and, and keep my eye in. Now, your team, GNW, uh, Graham and Wendy, are up there in Queensland. You're down in Victoria. How did you build that relationship and where did that all come about, that partnership? Um, yeah, so obviously, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff doesn't happen overnight. We've, we've sort of been in contact for several years. Um, one, of the, uh, one of their employees that works for uh, GW Racing, Nathan, sort of, I've, I've known Nathan a long time and um, he's helped me out to... Uh, you know, meet, meet Graham and Wendy, and then we've just built built over the years, and uh, here we are now. So last season, uh, Graham helped me out with a bit of sponsorship and helped me uh, get my own car going and, and running, and then this year he wanted to take over the team and, and, and rebuild GW Racing, and, and it turned out uh, he's, he's put a very professional outfit together and um, look forward to running running with him many years ahead. You are from Brisbane originally, so any thoughts about going back north? Uh, no, nah, nah, not at all. I'm, I'm happy down here in Portland. It's um, 
definitely uh, a lot of a lot of big races are down here and it, it works well that we sort of have two home bases so we can keep some stuff in Queensland and keep some equipment down at my place as well and the transporter just sort of runs between the two and there's certain parts of the year where we race in Queensland and certain parts where we race down here so it uh, it actually probably is more of a help than a hindrance and your background you work at Kemp Engineering in Portland what's what's been your career outside of racing like uh, yeah, I haven't, haven't been to work for a while. It's uh, Racing sort of turned into the, the main priority now and the, my main source of income. So it's, um, yeah, obviously can be a very understanding of that and um, they, they, you know, help me sort of chase my dreams. So depending on how the season rolls out and what happens in the off-season, we uh, will probably end, end up back there. But uh, for the meantime, my main focus is racing and obviously trying to get that uh, Australia 1 next week talking about that it's the perfect build-up for going to the Kiwana Motorplex and the Australian Championship for the uh, open sprint car division yeah for sure obviously um you know being able to win the classic is is pretty much I believe is is probably a better achievement than winning the Aussie title for sure with obviously the uh amount of cars and the amount of um you know American stars that came out to race but uh nothing sort of tops off having that big number one on your car as well so we um it's not not too many people can do it in the same year i don't know how many times it's been done but we really want to make sure that we give our best chance and at least get a nice strong result it's the 59th running was marcus dumsney that has the a1 on his car this year and uh, i'm not sure did they did they have to cancel it last year because of covid uh, so last year went ahead, it was at Brisbane at Archerfield Speedway and then I'm pretty sure the, the previous two years it got cancelled, So, um, which Jamie Veal held it for several years because he was the last one to win it. But uh, no, it's uh, it's going to be tough. All, all, the, all the good guys are going to WA. I think there's 50-odd cars which will be there um, and, and definitely the best in Australia will be there. So it's going to be a nice, nice challenge. Um, lucky enough, I've done some Latin WA a couple of years ago, so... It's not super unfamiliar, but obviously taking uh, the GW Racing equipment over there for the first time. Um, really looking forward to it. I like the track over there and, and the driving style. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we can chat in a couple of weeks about it. Yeah, the 60th running of the championship. And, well, let's face it, you've got pretty good form in the 50th. So maybe the 60th is also a good omen for you over there in Western Australia. You said you've had a busy week of media. What has it been like compared to, say, when you won up at the uh, Chariots of Thunder? Uh, yeah, so I've, I've, I ran second at the, one night of the Chariots of Thunder. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't, didn't get a win up there. But uh, definitely um, the, the messages, the messages, the personal messages have, have been really overwhelming. Um, a lot of people want to buy merchandise and, and get in contact, which is really, really cool. Um, I've, I've tried to just... Uh, not build it up too much, you know. It, it, as big as the race is, you, you're you're only as good as your last race. So the main focus now is obviously trying to uh, do well at this Aussie title, and um, yeah, obviously try and enjoy as much as I can what happened last weekend. But you know, really focus on what's what's ahead. What is ahead is a different race, as you said, than the classic, because uh, unless they've changed the rules, it's no international drivers. This is an all-Australian battle at the Australian Sprint Car Championship. Yeah, that's correct. So um, all the Americans pretty much all headed home and 
they, they start racing in the next week or so for, for their main series over there. So uh, we're lucky enough that we get to race with the Americans at the Classic and, and prior shows to that. But, um, yeah, definitely the Aussie title. There's a lot more uh, a lot more Australia pride, I guess, going on. Try, who, you know, everyone everyone tries to be be the best and get that number one. And you get to get to obviously carry that number one. So it's a constant reminder that uh, they, they won it. And we hope that it, that's us. And the Kiwana circuit. You've gone from Adel, Avalon, which in my entire lifespan has never had one more line. And normally it's down on the pole. You go to Mount Gambier where you can run anywhere and of course you proved that any line's a winning line there making the pass in the in the final turn yeah obviously Warnable really dished up a great racetrack um for the final on Saturday you know many people have said it's one of the one of the best races they've seen there so it was cool to um to, cool to be well in that last corner pass but uh Perth Motorplex is definitely the same you know it, it provides excellent racing it's probably one of the most consistent and um, raciest racetracks we have here in Australia and there's a lot of lo- good local cars over there that just, just race there and they're really good at that place so it's going to be um, tough for us uh, Eastern Staters to come over there and run with them but uh, hopefully we can um, yeah really really steal it off them Yes indeed, February 8 is the prelude to the championship at Kiwana and then from the 10th through to the 11th it's full on for uh, a big big Australian Sprint Car Championship. Brock, it's been a pleasure catching up with you and uh, we do wish you all the best. When does the truck leave? Is everything cleaned, ready to go now or have you still got quite a bit of work to get the car prepped? Uh, Yeah, so obviously yesterday we had a bit of a lazy day and, you know, had a pretty big night celebrating. So uh, got a little bit done today. Um, We'll finish off later in the week. We, We don't have a lot to do. Uh, Trucks basically got everything we need already in it. So, uh, I'm going to head off. I've got to drive the truck to Perth. I'll head off on probably Saturday and then um, roll in Monday night, Tuesday, something like that. So uh, looking forward to it. Um, Really keen to get back over there and um, try and get a number one. And for those gratuitous plug time now, Brock, for those who do want to get a Brock Hallett hat, hoodie, T-shirt, what's the best way? Yeah, so uh, we have an online store coming soon. That'll be um, on the Brock Hallett Motorsport Facebook page or... uh, just uh, message Brock Hallett direct and uh, I'll try and help you out. Brock, congratulations once again. A, a fantastic effort and a thrilling way to become the 50th Classic Champion. I know you'll be uh, featured in Tony Loxley's book when it comes out in a very short period of time. Cool. No, awesome. Thank you. Brock Hallett joining us there on Inside Motorsport. Tim Hodges was the man who put together the James McFadden battle. Hodges, a Warrnambool local, grew up going to the Classic and our own Tony Whitlock spoke to him following an exciting night. And I'm with Tim Hodges who uh, threw himself in the deep end uh, well and truly with a team that has already had great success, Tim. Welcome uh, on board this uh, show again. Thanks, Tony. Good to be with you. It's uh, fantastic to be here. Unfortunately, last night, of course, day two, of the classic um, was washed out. Yeah, I'm a Warnable boy, so uh, welcome to Warnable and welcome to the <laughs> the uh, indifferent weather. It's um, you know Friday was so beautiful, you sunburnt, you got cooked out there, and then for last night you sort of knew it was going to go pear shaped all day, and then eventually in it came. And 
when it wasn't raining there was sea mist so it was just impossible so you feel sorry for you feel sorry for everyone really especially the the club but all the teams all the fans like it was a sellout so um we're back and hopefully the weather plays a little kinder today being a warrnambool lad yourself um you've been coming to this classic since what year uh probably 30 35 years i reckon yeah, yeah okay. so um I, I love it i mean this is a place that it's like James, um, our driver, James McFadden, that he, he grew up on the hill falling in love and wanting to be in the Classic, and uh, I just fell in love with the sport uh, and then fell in love with motorsport, um, but especially sprint cars. Like they're a, they're an awesome, They put on an awesome show. Yeah. Um, they're great to watch, and you know I'm lucky that I grew up in Warrnambool, a great sporting town with footy and horse racing and especially motorsport, and this place is the mecca, and the Classic is the holy grail. So... Um, it's great that every, you know, school holidays, you were hating the fact that it was about to go back to school, but yeah. you were loving the fact that it was nearly Australia Day weekend because the Classic was around. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great show and I love it. And uh, to be uh, a part of it is still sort of pinch yourself and like, God, how did we land here? But here we are. Anyway, the wonderful thing that happened at Mount Gambier, the second night of the Classic week, um, was that, uh, as in words of people I know, James uh, McKay, for instance, a race engineer, he said, hey, he slaughtered him. Yeah, he did. He yeah. did. Well, Tony, we had uh, December 30 at Avalon. Um, it was a pulsating feature and it was um, heart stopping, especially for everyone involved in the team that uh, Jock Goodyear and Jamie Veal were right on James's hammer. Yep. And it looked like Goodyear was going to pass him the whole race and James held on to win. And it was, uh, you just, you couldn't celebrate it because you heart was in your mouth the entire feature so it was like relief at the end but then uh, at the King's Challenge at Mount Gambia on Thursday night it was just uh, he was a dominant force and had you been to that track often uh, we've been there once in the uh, as a race no, fan as a race fan yeah yeah, yeah no, dad and I used to always go over to Mount Gambia yeah we loved right, okay. it so um, it's borderline couple, speedway borderline speedway yeah it's a couple of hours from here so um, yeah we used to travel all around the place to you know, far north to, to Canberra, um, to Brisbane, both aren't there anymore. So it's, um, uh, you know, we used to go over to Adelaide for the Grand Prix and the Friday night used to be a huge spring car show there. So, yeah, we uh, we loved it. Yeah, okay. so... Um, uh, and then to go over on and, and Thursday night and to have James dominate like he did, like he was... No-one was touching him in that feature. Yeah. And he got out and he was... That was a hot rod, he said. So, yeah, it was, it was a cool win. It's an interesting way uh, that you're riding, Tim, and maybe we'll just touch back on where people would know you from. Tim Hodges Motorsport. Um, or Tim Hodges, full stop, journalist. Warnable. Uh Well, I grew up here in Warnable. Went to Melbourne when I was 18. Um, studied at RMIT, a journalism course. Uh, um, always wanted to work at Channel 10 Sport, Sports Tonight, and did that for uh, for nearly 20 years. Okay, this um, is Bill Woods and all those sort of things, yeah, Jack yeah, Lee yeah, Diffie. Yeah, and... uh, Matty White. Um, yep. Yeah, so uh, mainly footy, but they were, they were the, the great days of Channel 10 when they had the AFL, yep. they had Viet Supercars, um, so it was a great time to be there because yes. they're my two passions. So... Um, when Channel 10 lost the footy, uh, I moved over to Fox Footy and um, have been there ever since. So that's 12 years now. And you're on a AFL 360? AFL 360 is my show, yeah. So with Jared Waitley, who's part of the team, um, we've had a yeah, long relationship for, for two decades at 10 and then Fox Footy. So, um, and Jared's now on your wave. 
Yeah, well, I've probably made him a fortune with, uh, <laughs> with the success of 360 and, you know, his career has rocketed. So, yeah, I think he thought it was probably a good way to give back when he heard about this program and he wanted in straight away. And uh, he's never done motorsport. He's never been a huge fan of motorsport. He goes to the Grand Prix every year. The good thing is his wife is a massive petrol head and his young bloke is uh, is loving it. So I love the fact that they they came last night. Um, they got the full bells and whistles treatment yep. out in the pace truck and uh, in the push truck and, and they loved it. So, yeah, it's um, it's an addictive thing. I hope you've, you know, I know you love it, but it's like it's just to be back in it and to follow it around is, um, is, is great. And, uh, you know, to have had the success we've had has been awesome. So, yeah, to okay. win a couple of races and finish on the podium, um, you know, a second, a couple of thirds has been, um, has been a great ride. Okay. Now, people out there will uh, probably know your name because it was printed on a book. And a book who's uh, one of your co-owners. Yeah, yeah, another one. Yes. Yeah, uh, Scott McLaughlin. Try, and try, try and align yourself with... Uh, with smart people who are very successful and have a lot of money, I reckon Tony's a good <laughs> idea. So, uh, yeah, I agree. Um, no, but Scott and I have been mates for a long time, and yeah, wrote his book, um, uh, Road to Redemption, from his twenty. Was that your first published book? Yeah, twenty eighteen okay. um, from his first championship, after the the horrors of twenty seventeen at Newcastle, which you probably remember. And um, we just kept a, a diary through the year. Spoke sort of a couple of times a week throughout the year, and. If things went well and he went and won the championship the next year, it would go to print, and if it didn't, it would just get thrown in the bin, and that was always the deal. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'm a motorsport tragic, so I love the fact that I was sort of part of the team for that year, and it was awesome. Um, and I was, you know, we were all thrilled to bits when he won the championship 12 months later, and then there was a book in the works. So, yeah, it was, a, um, you know, a bestseller in Australia and a bestseller in New Zealand. It just goes to show the, the power of the bloke and the popularity of the bloke, and... Um, and the fact that it's still on sale at Team Penske's shop, merchandise shop in um, uh, in North Carolina, that's kind of cool as well. So yeah, it's um, it was it was a nice thing to tick off the bucket list to, to have a have a book. Indeed, it is, and that leads us to the fourth of the co-owners, one Jack Rewald, not yeah. known as a big motorsport man, but he was led to it by a friendship that developed uh, on your show, I think. Yeah, with myself and with Scott, and uh, Jack is a big. He's a big petrol Yeah, he loves it. And he's been up to um, the Gold Coast. Uh, he went to Sandown. He's been to Bathurst. I actually went over to the Indy 500 with his little brother last year. And um, so they're, they're all great mates with Scott now. So, um, yeah, so Jack's, Jack's just a ripper. Um, and he's probably, he's probably got one year left, but he'll retire as... I mean, I know a lot of people uh, probably don't look at this, but he will retire as one of Rich, maybe Richmond's most successful player ever yep. with his yep. three premierships, his three Coleman's, his three best and fairest. He's an All-Australian, over 350 games by the time he finishes up, over 700 goals. Like, it's just a, uh, a wonderful career. Um, he's a wonderful media talent. He's been on my show 360 for a number of years, and um, I've loved the fact that he's a great mate. Um, yeah, so and never then, met him, but the one thing I would say is the only blokes who don't like him are those who have to play on him. Yeah, yeah, or the opposition fans who. Yeah, uh, but okay. I think that's the uh, beauty of. We're probably getting off, off the point here, but no. the beauty of 360 is that um, uh, the players, if you sign up for the show, you get sort of 15 to 20 minutes to prove. Yep. To sell yourself. Yep. And and there's not many shows that allow that time, so it's like. The good ones stay on the show and the bad ones we flick pretty quick because you find out pretty soon that they're not up to it. So Jack's engaging, 
Uh, he's thoughtful and, um, uh, yeah, I, I think he'll probably retire at the end of this year and then I think he'll have a, uh, an unbelievably successful media career once his playing days are over. The, the one thing that comes across, and having been around this world for over 70 years, that you soon learn about people who like people yep. and who actually like being with people. Yeah. And that's one of those as well. Yeah, and I love the fact that Jack's really uh, in the twilight years. He's trying a few things and saying yes. He said, he said this the other day. He's saying yes more than no to a lot of things. So. Yeah. He said yes to a horse, a racehorse. Um, the lucky bugger, honestly. Um, his, his racehorse, which he's in with a bunch of footballers at Richmond, is now the favourite for the Melbourne Cup oh, and, and, and the right. Cox Play. <laughs> he's in a he's in a sprint car, uh, which is you know probably in the top two or three favourites for for this weekend's Grand Annual Classic, and. Um, and they've recruited well the Tigers, so yeah, they're, they're right back in the mix to win the Premiership again Speaking this year. Speaking of recruiting, um, you put together um, a hell of a team. Um, a couple of guys who um, thought that they were disbanding at the end of last season, yep. or a year or so ago. Yep. Um, but now, in fact, you put both um, Buzz, um, aka Kim Buzzwell, yep. and James McFadden together. Now, Conversations with James started uh, quite some time ago. Yeah, so back in May, we went to the Indy 500 to watch Scott. Uh, I went across with Ryan O'Keefe and Dylan Wilshire, two of my mates who were involved in the in the car. And, and, and they're, they're blokes who actually built this car. Yep, yep, they're two of my best mates from Warnable. Ryan was my best mate from high school. Um, and um, yeah, we went across and we hung out with James, we went to a couple of outlaw shows, hung out with his wife Zoe, who's, a, who's lovely, and, and their, their little fella Mav. Yep. Um, and I don't know. After a while, we we'd sort of sold him what we were, or told him what we were doing, thinking that he wouldn't have any interest. And then a few weeks later, we sort of said, "Well, would you like to? Do you have any interest in it?" And he was surprisingly, you know, he said, "Absolutely." So that's kind of cool that we sort of sold the dream that was exactly what he wanted. So the planets really aligned for us. That you know, he races 90 times over in the states. Yeah. The last thing he wanted to do was come home for a holiday and have to race and commit to 30 or 40 more shows and be driving all over up and down the east coast across to Perth because he drove for Montes who are from yep. from WA and he didn't get a break and then he's completely knackered at the end of the classic and goes back to the states and starts the Outlaws tour again like he didn't want that and we didn't want that either we wanted to run four or five meets to make sure he was happy and then target the classic the 50th classic and he was like that's exactly what I want to do so it appealed to him he got to have a holiday and come home and um, have some R&R, &R, um, you know, spend time with his parents and the in-laws from Mount Gambia and and have a few shows and, yeah, it's touch wood, hopefully it's been successful so far and, um, you know, one more to be beautiful before he, he jets off next week to the States to start the new year. As a 30-year motorsport journalist, I only met James, James on uh, Wednesday night for the first time and uh, I met his mum yesterday. Yeah and had the opportunity to tell her what a delightful young man he is yeah. and not just a, a nice young man to talk to but also on top of his game and he has that as you know full well whatever sport they're in the ones who walk tall because of what they are and the way they act yeah. and James is one of those um, and the other guys I mean Buzz uh, I was astounded uh, having conversation with him and while I don't understand the nuances of speedway um, and sprint cars Clearly, these guys are, are the very best you could get. Yeah, well, I mean, just on James, it's eerily similar how good he is with people and with the media to Scott McLaughlin. Like, yeah. He just gets it, and I love that. And he's everything I've thrown his way 
in the last couple of months he's said yes to from you know Rusty's garage like the he's only had one sprint car guest Gary Rush on before and yeah. then he's had James like that's cool some great stuff in Melbourne um, with, with Herald Sun with SEN Radio that Speedway's never been on so yes. that's been kind of cool uh, just on Buzzy like we, we always wanted to there's no use spending this much money trying to do this program without a wise head and a good crew chief and James's offsider has always been Buzzy here in Australia yeah. Uh, he retired after last year's classic the morning after um, so we had to pull him out of retirement we sold him the dream as well and uh, he was willing to commit to it which um, is great for all of us especially Ryan and Dylan who are who are working on the car so much and to be able to bounce things off Buzzy who was a legend of the sport and it's and I, I did you know I love the sport but I didn't realize it is such a science it is um, it, it feels like the NFL at times they've got their playbook where they're Yes, they're working the numbers. Um, well, I, I think I equate it in fact with chess. When you like to sit there and watch I, at Avalon the other night, I watched very closely and saw James and the way in which. And I, okay, he's sort of grossly disappointed because he only ended up third. Yeah. Um, but the high-speed game of chess that it is, it's extraordinary to watch a driver at work and to see them lap after lap and the way they went set up the the race. Yeah. It's, it's an extraordinary thing. Yeah, they're never content is probably the one thing I've looked at it and gone, every time they stop, they come in, and they're always chasing either the car or the racetrack, yeah. which changes every single lap from heat to heat to time trial to time trial, from the heat to the feature. Um, so it is a, yeah, it's a science. And um, sometimes it's painful science that you think, God, we're looking good here. And yeah. then they, they change something and it might not work, and you actually... It might hurt, or like Mount Gambier, I, I know they were discussing tyres um, before the feature, and Buzzy got his way in the end, which I'm not sure James was happy with, but he sent him out on a right tyre, and yeah, Buzzy is like our Harry Hogg from Days of Thunder, right. that, uh, okay. we brought him out of retirement, yeah. for one crack at the Daytona 500 with Cole Trickle, and we're bringing him out of retirement for one more crack at the Classic, which he's won five times before Buzz, James yeah, has won it, three different drivers, yeah, and James has won it a couple of times, and um, you know, yeah, you know, Harry Hogg won the Daytona 500 with Cole Trickle, so hopefully the boys can yeah, can, can yeah. have that same success. I, I'm fascinated also the fact that uh, uh, Luke uh, Monty um, has hired um, Buzz's son, yes, yeah. Dylan uh, Buzzwell, yeah. as a new, yeah, his and, new crew but, chief. Uh, but Buzzy has helped put that whole program together. Um, yeah. uh, certainly leading up to, to the season in, in August and September, he helped yeah. get the gear together for his son who was in the States at the time. So, yeah, he's done, still done a hell of a lot of work for for that program, and um, they're a huge threat this weekend with Tyler Courtney, the American. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's great to be working with him and hanging out with him, and it's good to just okay. talk, talk Speedway stories and, with him. And so you put the sponsorship program together. You went out and, and shook the trees and said, right, this yep. is what we're looking at doing. And yep. And you had, obviously, success in gathering those sort of sponsors needed. Yeah, so, I mean, something like Napa Auto Parts is so big in American Speedway. Um, so I just, uh, they were the first target, actually, that we went and sold them the, the concept, and they loved it straight away. Um, and once they were on board, things started to fall into place pretty quickly, and that's when James um, committed to it. And then it's just a, a number of, a bunch of other sponsors who are, who are a lot of them are friends, um, yeah, so it's been, um, it happened happened rapidly, and then there was a point where, yeah, it, I mean, it it almost fell over a couple of times, I won't lie to you, but um, then there was a point where I was like, well, we couldn't even get out of this if we tried now, we're that far down the track, so yeah, it's, um, we're in over our heads, and 
Um, and I'm always telling the boys, make sure they're enjoying it because, you know, it might not happen again. Um, but we're bloody loving it, living the dream. Well, I know I'm going to talk to you again before the day is out. Um, thank you very much, Tim Hodges, for joining us on Inside Motorsport. Um, Are you a weather expert, Tom? Will we get this in? No, I'm not a weather expert at all in any way, shape or form. Yeah. But the one thing I'll say is that a lot of motorsport journalists sort of talk about doing things like you've done. Yep. But you're one of those very few that's done it. Yeah, we've had a crack. So, and yeah. you know, I mean, uh, you made of yours, made of mine is uh, Brett Murray, is a, a great friend of um, not only me but my family. Yep. And uh, you know, I was over there in 2016 when he had his car in the Indy 500. So you know, I won't lie, this has been just a straight rip off from that. <laughs> and um, yeah, hasn't cost us quite as much as it cost Crush to do this. But um, yeah, we've. I, I love the fact that we've had oh. a bit of success, won a couple of trophies, and. Um, Got some stories to tell down the track. One, you know, the boys and I often say, like, imagine ten years, in ten years' time, when we look back and think, God, we did that. <laughs> we actually did that. So it was, um, yeah, we're we're having a crack. My own suspicions would be that this won't be the last time you have a go. At yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how we go today. And um, yeah, come and well, see me in a few months. Indeed. Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics magazine, on sale now. Tony also had a chance to speak with James McFadden. Sunday evening, the A-Main is run, and a man who uh, has put his mark on this event yet again, James McFadden, uh, not the result you're looking for. Yeah, um, disappointing really, disappointed in myself. I um, lap in a car there, I tagged the fence leading, and and knocked the, the suspension out of the back of it, which which made the rear end move backwards and forwards and made it really, really hard to drive. So, um, bit walking wounded. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we um, yeah we just really had no chance of being able to charge the, the top of the track because I would have just flipped over. So, um, yeah, just disappointed in myself for not, you know, for probably not looking after my car as as well as I should have. I just didn't really think I hit it that hard, but. That is what it is. We broke the part and um, we got a top five out of it. So, yeah, I said disappointed. I think we had the car to beat and I just made a wrong call. Okay. Um, Earlier today, of course, the completion of night two, um, you won the uh, the A main there, um, which is obviously a a terrific thing for the team. Um, So coming fifth in this one, while it might be a disappointment, you already put your establishment well and truly on the uh, track today. Yeah, we had an awesome build-up to the to tonight. Um, obviously, winning that race was cool. It was, um, you know, Tim's first win at um, at his hometown. So, um, pretty pretty good there. Pretty good overall weekend, to be honest with you. We um, just didn't perform when I needed to, and uh, disappointed in that. But but like I said, the the lead-up to it, we've had a had a great great lead-up to it, and had a lot of fun doing it. So it's good to get a win. Good to get a win at Mount Gambier and. Uh, top five's not terrible. You got to look at the, the uh, bigger picture. No, not at all. The other thing was in that A main this afternoon, you had amazing speed there. It was dramatic. Every restart, you were just gapping the field. Yeah, I feel like we were the, the same tonight. Um, honestly, and like well, I said, well, you did early, certainly. Yeah, I did. Like I said, I just I got to that lap car and I, I sort of didn't know where he was going and and made the wrong call and, and jammed it in the fence. So because of the size of the field, 115 cars. There are obviously quite a few there that you've never raced against. Is that part of your learning curve, sort of being more aware of the other drivers? Yeah, absolutely. But 
you know, the ones that make the 24 that make the A are, are pretty pretty bloody good. So, yeah. um, you know, you, you expect him to stay on the throttle and, and I just got to him and, and he wasn't as on the throttle as much as I thought he was going to be and, and misjudged the misjudged the uh, the gap that we had and I ran into the back of him and jammed the fence. So, yeah, um, you're always learning. If you're not learning, you're, you're not doing your job right. So uh, we'll take this on board and hopefully come back next year and change it again. James, it's been wonderful meeting you and seeing the way you performed. And while I wasn't there at Mount Gambier, I've certainly heard enough reports that uh, a dominant slaughterer did that. You know, you, you wiped the floor with it, but you you were a terrific racer over there. And um, it's been enjoyable meeting you and, and seeing the way you work. So oh, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate you following us along. I hope you've enjoyed this special edition of Inside Speedway, looking at the 50th Classic. And, of course, we look forward to you rejoining us next time on the show. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Tune in next week for more on Inside Speedway. Inside Speedway is produced by Thunder Media. Any reproduction, accounts, or descriptions of the program without written permission from Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine, on sale now.